Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. here on Suplex Retweet Extra on iTunes, Android and Spotify. I'm Ross McLeod and today I am joined by a man who likes to say no to my fantasy booking ideas because it lowers my enthusiasm. He's the Ron Swanson to my Leslie Nope. He's Jack Graham. Jack. <laughs> oh, the, Ron Swanson's quite an accurate description. I like that. I'm well done. Have you started... You know, Ron Swanson wouldn't mind a lockdown and get some away from people. How are you dealing with lockdown? I'm doing all right. It's uh, ASL and a routine, I guess, and try try stick to it so you can kind of get about and do stuff is what, what I've been doing. But then there's, there's times that it just drags in. Well, thankfully, we're, we're here today. You know, I, I broke your routine this week because I was, I was moving, well, trying to move house in a lockdown, which is... Uh, a very tricky ordeal uh, so we're recording this on the Thursday uh, we're bringing the raw report to you a little bit later so apologies for that for the the millions and millions of you that listen in for us you know what I mean the number one show and millions and millions and millions I mean let's be honest it's more like billions I mean let's be honest here guys <laughs> I, hear I hear there's 8 billion folk listen to us weekly Amazing, amazing. But before we blow more smoke up our own arse, uh, I did say Suplex Retweet Extra is on iTunes, Android, Spotify, as is our main channel, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, where you can catch this week's show, which was a retrospective of The Rock from 2003 to present, uh, his Hollywood career, and much, much more. Uh, and of course, if you want to find us on social media, at Suplex Retweet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and suplexretweet.com if you can't remember any of that we'll take that'll take you to the links you need to go to um, Jack this was a, a a weird draw it was very much a go home raw you know we had the gauntlet match that took up a big portion of the show but other than that it was very promo heavy I think this raw yeah it, it reminded me a lot of what the raws were like before Wrestlemania as there wasn't really much kind of in-ring product, there was a lot of just kind of promo packaging that, but it still wasn't that bad, that bad a show. Yeah, it was, it was good when it was good, and it was okay when it was okay. There was nothing that was just like, oh my God, that was bad. I, I, I mean, I did it. It wasn't, I can't think of, obviously the Gauntlet match was good, but there wasn't really anything that pure was like amazing. Yeah, the, even the, like the we'll, we'll touch on Humberto, he eliminated three people. Even then, it was a bit like, yeah, but he's still not going to win. Like it, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a trophy or a notice thing, you know, where the crowd get behind him and then it's like, yes, yes, here we got like it was an empty arena, and people were just like, yeah, but who's next? No, I'm lucky there. I was see when I when I saw. Well, was it Umberto 
it just seems to be the thing, you know, they did it with Seth, did it with Kofi, did it with Heavy Machinery. If you want to get someone over, break out a gauntlet match and just have them go the distance. <laughs> um, but talking about said gauntlet match, it's to replace Apollo Crews and the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. The men's Money in the Bank currently has Otis, King Corbin and Daniel Bryan from SmackDown. And heading into Monday Night Raw, we had Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio. Um, before the match, Rey Mysterio cut a promo talking about how, you know, how this was life or death. The risk is worth the reward. One wrong move on the top of Titan Towers and he was a goner. I mean, they really are backing themselves into a corner that they're going to have to throw someone off the roof. Otherwise, it's going to be a massive letdown. There's been so much talk that, that that's going to happen, and I'm kind of scared. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it because it's a, it's a bloody big building. <laughs> um, that's the weird thing as well. Charlotte Flair wanted to do a moonsault from the top of Hell in a Cell and was told that's too dangerous, and yet there's all this internet talk. It probably is just that internet talk that someone's taking, you know, a fall for the building. You're like, Jesus Christ, hopefully they're wearing a harness. Well, I mean, apparently Becky Lynch said in an interview, so I saw it on Instagram post, I don't know how true it is or not, but she said that Vincent Mann's been teaching folk how to take bumps off the building, like up like from the ladder and that, like falling off. Jesus fuck. <laughs> right, fair enough. So um, I, really, I really hope that's not true, because obviously he's like seven years old and he'd been doing himself serious damage, but like, imagine if he was actually doing that. The mind boggles with Vince McMahon. He he's one of these people. See if you had heard that about like Tony Khan or Triple H or even Shane McMahon, even though he loves to like dive off tall things, you'd be like talking pish. Whereas with Vince McMahon, you're like, I can see that happening. He's he's that he's like, he's like the Charlie Sheen of businessmen. You know what I mean? Like you hear a story in the paper about, about some celebrity, and you're like pish. You see it about Charlie Sheen, you're like, that sounds like a normal weekend for him. No, oh, I. But um, the the gauntlet match had Bobby Lashley, Titus O'Neil, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory, along with a surprise eighth entrant who we'll touch on later. Um, we've talked the past few weeks about Bobby Lashley. He was he sort of ditched, he's kept Lana backstage to kind of keep his focus. I've been praying, I've been campaigning on this podcast to get him against Brock Lesnar with MVP as his manager and they they did something quite cool here, I thought, you know he beats Titus, he beats Tazawa, he beats Shelton Benjamin, I don't think any of us thought, thought he would lose to them but then he takes it too far even with Nolana, he still can't keep his temper he still gets distracted and he, he doesn't answer the five count when punching Humberto in the corner and gets himself disqualified. This, this to me, was more... It might not be MVP, obviously, let's, let's be honest, but this, to me, was more seeds being planted about how Bobby is going to get a new manager and a new handler, and it's going to push him to the top. Like At, at least that's what I'm hoping. Maybe I'm just seeing it with fantasy booking goggles on. Yeah, but I was I was kind of seeing it as well. So I, when you saw him, him getting disqualified through that like unintentional five count, of him going a bit kind of 
crazy and mad trouble he's done him more than actually winning money in the bank himself because you wouldn't think that he'd be someone to win anyway so he'd just be in there just for the sake of being in there but there's more more of a story to tell with him getting disqualified unintentionally and that, that he, he probably was like that close to going through but he couldn't control himself so he's like how, how is he going to do that yeah and uh, Humberto Carrillo um, he then takes on Angel Garza and Austin Theory. He eliminates both of them, but unlike in previous years, it, <laughs> we mentioned it there, it's not exactly, um, they didn't exactly capture the imagination. No live crowd and no build with Humberto beforehand. You know, he's he's been off screen since at least Elimination Chamber. You know, it, it just didn't feel the same. It was like, as if you were going to get behind this plucky baby face and just no one cared. I've, I mean, I've said before on here, I've never been that big a fan of Humberto, so it, it, it did pain me to see him being the majority of the match. See, he sort of, so I, I try to keep like a regular eye on Two O Five Life, you know what I mean? And post um, WrestleMania Thirty Four, when they'd done the tournament and Cedric had won the title. I kind of stopped watching for a wee bit, just, and he, he's one of these ones, he kind of popped up during that time, he popped up in NXT a wee bit, and then all of a sudden they did the draft, and there's Humberto Carrillo, and I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, I have no investment in him, and since yeah. then I don't think WWE have gave you anything to go, there's my investment in him, you know, he DDTs uh, Andrade for a bit of revenge on the concrete, but then spends the next four weeks getting beaten up by Angel Garza, you know what I mean? Like, he's essentially like white white meat babyface who took out one heel just to get beat by another heel. He's just, he's just there. I, I've had no interest in him at all. I've, I've not understood it. I've always, why why wasn't Angel Garza first? If you had, if you're out of the two of them, why wasn't Angel Garza first? You know what I mean? There's so much more interest and so much more about him. Carrillo is just that kind of guy that puts on a smile and does some jumps for me. That's about it. Yeah. Um, he had a, he, he's had good matches with, you know, Humberto Andrade and uh, AJ Styles, but he's pushed towards the United States title for a while. Very much screamed. Do you remember when Kalisto was in the US title picture in 2016? Oh, the hospital with Del Rio. I, it just... It just kind of screams that, you know, Andrade is a, a great improvement on um, on Del Rio, but Humberto isn't exactly an improvement on Kalisto, and that's saying something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It says, it says a lot when, like, you're even, like, you, you can't get even to the standard of how Kalisto set it during that time of the US table feud, that, like, that's how uninteresting it is. Yeah, apologies for any Humberto Carrillo fans listening in, by the way, but I've, no, I've, done, three nights, I've done three night shifts in a row. My sympathy is very low for people who are shite, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still working normally, but I just I just don't care for people that like Humberto, sorry. <laughs> um, obviously, Garza in theory eliminates them. Um, Zelina Vega at ringside, as usual, didn't really have much... <coughs> Pardon me. Didn't really have much to do on this week's Rosalina. 
And, you know, we, we were, we've been hyping her up for weeks, you know, saying she's the best part of Raw. She's been part of the best part of Raw for a good while now. No coincidence that, this, you know, the quality of Raw drops when she's not on the mic and she's not involved in the main storyline of the show. I think they've done it to spite us, to be honest. I think she's like, well, we can't have two baby face folk from air cheering on a, a heel manager. Let's, let's, turn it up. Let's, let's turn the tables a bit and they, they gave us a, a stinking Vega this week. <laughs> but for every cloud, there is a silver lining. And back from the dead, the American badass himself, AJ Styles. <laughs> AJ Styles. Uh, we've not seen him since WrestleMania, since he lost to Undertaker in that Boneyard match. Mysteriously, Gallows and Anderson are not with him, but I, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> AJ returns, he picks up the win over Humberto, and something that Scott was saying to me when we watched Straw, AJ Styles' inclusion, it kind of adds a, like, another element to it, because I think at this point, it was a wee bit too obvious. It was like it was ninety nine point nine percent sure Alistair Black is going to win, and then that wee one percent of you that thought maybe Rey Mysterio might get that. You know that they're hyping him up. Maybe he might get that last shot. Whereas AJ Styles being added to it, it kind of goes, "Wow!" Now you're thinking anyone for Raw is in with a chance. I and adds that other dimension because I think a lot of folk. Probably you asked anyone who's going to win it, everyone was going to say Alistair Black. Anyways, kind of the predictability of the match maybe would have served it a bit. Because as we, we said from SmackDown, like over the past couple of reports, the storytelling for us has been absolutely guff. Whereas like each Raw superstar was in it, like, even including Apollo Crews, had a credible story that made you believe there was reason to them winning it. So, yeah. with even with eight, with Without AJ being in it before, you all think Alistair Black. Even without, you still thought Alistair Black. But the surprise return of AJ can add as well. AJ's kind of a big person to have losing, and that they can tell quite the story. Even like with the promo they cut after, they're like, "Well, he he could be a decent money in the bank, and he's a kind of a heel to go up against Drew." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you touched on the promo there. Um, AJ Styles post-match says I will do whatever it takes to win you've not and he touches on like being buried alive by the Undertaker you've not been through what I've been through you've not seen what I've seen and I will do anything it takes to win the money in the bank and then he goes if it means pushing Rey Mysterio or Aleister Black off the roof well so be it obviously hinting that he'll go through anything and that kind of plays right into the Alistair Black promo for later in the night, which I thought was the best promo of the night. Black says, how did it feel, AJ? You know, it certainly didn't humble you being buried six feet under. And then he threatens AJ by saying, if you throw me off this building, you better hope I don't get back up. A good promo and a cool, like, superhero-style line. But at the same time, if someone threw you off a building, you ain't getting back up, mate. <laughs> Aye, I was. I had to laugh at that, but I was thinking like, how? And then again, Alistair Black he can just do his kind of his wee rising thing off his chair, shake, and then that's him back to normal. 
or as I said, he'll be stuck in his. He'll be. He'll just go back to his wee room and chill and wait for the knock. <laughs> um, we've talked before, obviously, on this. What? Where does Black go? You know, we talked about if he didn't win Money in the Bank, I thought it was going to go for the US title. Now it appears it's going to be Apollo and Andrade uh, when Apollo is kayfabe fit again. Now it looks like win or lose, AJ and Alistair Black are going to have a proper feud this time, and I would be all for that. Yeah, that's your kind of that's that's your that's a very good kind of non-title feud to have, probably in the lead up to SummerSlam because it is that's quite a marquee match. It could main event even with the title as well. If this like that, that's how high profile it is, and it would say it was even if it was Black uh, Styles that won. Money in the bank. Him losing that match and Black winning, like their eventual say, they do a match on a slam. It would still work wonders for them both because obviously Styles could still cash in any time, and Black gets like a huge victory over like a main event player in Raw. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I still think Black's going to win Money in the Bank. I think him and AJ will feud on the two pay-per-views between now uh, between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. And then my prediction, if Drew McIntyre is still champion, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles will be the main event of SummerSlam. It's just my predictions that I'm putting out here. <laughs> I'm still hoping for the Rey Mysterio heel turn. That's what I want. There's just there's so much good that can come for this Money in the Bank on the Raw side. And it just it's, it, it constantly keeps getting interesting. And it makes me so sad that we're, they went from the men's one, which we're talking about now, we're going to move on to the women's money in the bank. And, you know, the qualifying matches for the women's money in the bank were interesting. They told a story. Shayna Baszler, you know, just breaking people's arms and not giving a shit. Nia Jax running through people. The Asuka of all just choking people out. And in the past two weeks with that scuffle with the ladders, and then the VIP lounge this week with MVP and the three raw women from Money in the Bank, it just sucked any energy out of like out of any enthusiasm I had for this match was just gone. I, I get what they did because I was just like, this is three Shayna, Naya, and Asuka. Aside from Becky, they're your three top kind of women in Raw. So putting them in any kind of match even if they're against each other a triple threat or whatever or like just facing other folk and maybe one of them loses that does none of them any good so they're kind of having the two non-wrestling segments and just kind of maybe having starting like some inner beef between them is the logical way to go that kind of protects them in every way but as you said it's just been dead boring as well um, also you talked about Charlotte and Becky and that they're good like promo people Nia Jax was the best of the three and she wasn't exactly the best you know Shayna Shayna's line was I do my talking in the ring which you know was really really good Asuka was doing the usual carry on and not taking her own seriously and just yelling in Japanese which is really just getting on my tits <laughs> I just I, she she says like, we know she can speak English, like, and you know, if she can't cut promos, like, if if you're not happy with her level of promo, 
and give her a manager. You know, you gave her Paige for a while, but it was just... It wasn't a great segment, I don't think, compared to the, the men's money in the bank, uh, VIP lounge uh, the week prior. I don't think this worked. Obviously, the segment ends with Shayna and Asuka getting a bit of revenge for last week by kicking uh, Nia Jax out the ring. But again, just like I haven't been watching SmackDown, so it's not as if the women's side on SmackDown have got me excited either. At the minute, I'm just kind of like, I don't care. Um, I, I still have a bit of an intrigue to it, but I'm definitely more hyped for the men's one, just purely in a, on a storytelling base that's happening in the Raw side. I've not, I've not watched much SmackDown, but from what I have seen, there's just been, it's just, the storytelling's just been poor. Obviously, aside from the, the Mandy and Sonya storyline, the two rides are having a proper, proper pitch time. I'm going to review that show, man. <laughs> uh, so from three women that weren't great on promos to a woman who was absolutely amazing the Queen Charlotte Flair, the NXT champion she comes out she's dressed in all her finery she's looking like a million dollars she looks like a champion she's hyping the match with Io Shirai she plays up how Io Shirai as you know said Charlotte Flair was her dream opponent and she goes, well, it'll be a dream for me to humble Io Shirai. And it, it was just so good, just the, the way she dismissed Io Shirai as if, yeah, I'm your dream opponent, you're nothing to me, as if you're just another roadblock in my way. Aye, it was just a textbook good heel promo one. Everything about it just picked all the boxes. I, I enjoyed it. And of course, I... Uh, Liv Morgan interrupts uh, Charlotte Flair. She says, hey, remember me? And yet again, Charlotte just sells it amazingly. She stops, thinks for a minute, and then goes, yeah? As if, it's like the way The Rock used to go, who in the blue hell are you? Like, as if you just hmm. do not take your opponent seriously. I don't need to remember you. Ah, it was, uh... <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't surprised that Liv coming out at this point, I thought she'd be involved in some way. And Liv, Liv kind of held her own in the promo work as well. I'd say she did pretty, pretty good for herself. Yeah, I think it, it was one of those ones she was good. It's just that Charlotte Flair is another level. So it was like she did well, but she didn't do as well as Charlotte Flair. Um, Liv talks about how Charlotte was born with a silver spoon in her as as she means mouth. Uh, and then says, my daddy didn't walk me to the front of the line. And yet again, Charlotte with a perfect comeback saying, see, you're coming at me with what everyone else comes at me. And, and she just she just completely dismisses it. You know what I mean? I, I think that's why I, I'm in the minority here. I think Faye, Faye Suplex retweet, but I love Charlotte Flair. I think she's the best women's wrestler WWE have, like all round. But I, I, I'm just gushing here over Charlotte Flair, to be honest with you, like, Take over, please. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree that Charlotte Flair is, is the best women's wrestler currently. I'd say Liv is probably uh, the best up-and-comer to be in that kind of main event spot. And it was a, it was a good match between the two. Liv, Liv held her own. 
But I said it last week as well. I see too many folk that are hyping Liz to be champion now, and she's only twenty-one. And then I just, it's just too. It's far, far too early for her to have the title. And I feel that the fans are going to push the into a corner at one point where they have to kind of book it. But then the fans are going to be raging because it's going to be like quite a poor title reign. She's not ready. Yeah, I think she's certainly the most improved on Raw. And, you know, uh, Becky Lynch is obviously, she's on and off at the minute. I think her taking time off is coming. We've discussed that for weeks. Um, I thought Liv would maybe get a showcase match for the Raw Women's title. You know, she's beat Liv Morgan twice. She beat Lana in the feud. She beat Natalia at WrestleMania. She loses here, which she rightfully should have. But I thought she was maybe going to get a showcase match against Becky Lynch. I think this was maybe a compromise. Like, you know what, you can't face the Raw Women's Champion, so we'll put you against the NXT Women's Champion. Uh, what, I've, what I've noticed as well is, so like, obviously she faced she faced Asuka and lost. Then the two weeks after she faced Ruby Riot won and lost to Charlotte as well. After every Raw, like, aside from... Ruby Riot, like Charlotte and Asuka, like both like praised Liv quite a bit on Twitter, which is probably another indication that kind of the hype and the kind of investment that's going to be put in her in the future. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, great match again. Like we talked about, how Liv's you know massively improved, and um, Charlotte is just Charlotte Flair. So a great match. Uh, Charlotte Flair gets the win heading into the NXT title match on Wednesday with Io Shirai. The only thing I don't like about this thing is the fact that Scott in our draft league has Charlotte Flair. So this Charlotte Flair wrestling Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, it's getting him higher up the table and quite frankly, I'm not for that. The only kind of good thing about it was obviously she got herself disqualified so she lost. She just didn't get any points. Exactly. And, you know, currently the the superior McLeod is top of the table. I'm still livid that I didn't get my Shayna points after we spoke about it on draft. This. Everything I brought it up, it seems to just be ignored. Do you want to maybe have the floor and explain to the listeners? Like, so, yes. for, for, those, for those that don't know, we do a fantasy draft. You can listen to it here on Suplex Retweet Extra. It's called Saturday Draft Live. There's 10 of us in it. We pick three women and two men, or three men and two women, and a tag team. And basically, it's sort of like fantasy football. We get points throughout the season. And, you know, it's it's all for a bit of fun and a bit of bragging rights. So NXT UK, I believe, was it this Thursday, Jack? Had a best of team. So I it was the best it was I it was the the best unseen matches of NXT UK that's like kinda of happened that's been recorded for the fans and whatnot. So I host I host Saturday Draft Live with Scott and David and we spoke about it on there and they were kinda of, David tried to oppose a counter argument, but you know, ultimately, ultimately in the end everyone started agreeing with me. Uh, so our argument is that one of these unseen matches was Shayna Baszler against Isla Dawn. Now, 
this is back when she was NXT Women's Champion, I think. So this is a few seasons ago draft-wise. But my argument is that it's been shown now. It was hyped up on Twitter. It was shown as a kind of main event. It was advertised everywhere. It was on BT Sport. It was on TV. Still the same dirty production values. And a couple of seasons ago, they did a thing where they, they counted the Roman Reigns Dolph Ziggler match, or Baron Corbin match in the Fox special because it was a produced match. This is a produced match and hasn't been counted. And I'll tell you, as the draft started the Monday night after WrestleMania, Grant would have still drafted Drew. I guarantee that he would have got the points for Drew defending his WWE title, even though it's in the same vein as what's happened to me, but I didn't get the points from my Shona Shana. It's a liberty, to be fair. You want to hear a true liberty? See the first Aye. year we had uh, EEW superstars in the draft? <clears throat> Kenny Omega, who was one of my picks, ha- has the AAA Mega Championship, and he wears it on TV. You know what I mean? He carries it about on TV. He defends it on AEW TV and there was an advertised match for Dark where it was going to be uh, Phoenix versus him for the AAA title and I said, surely that should be championship points. And everyone's like, nah, it's not an official AEW championship. The fuck does that matter? And then everybody started, everyone started going on about, oh, but I didn't get points at Shug's you know, when Tony Storm defended her NXT women's title, and you're like, yeah, and neither you should have. Because it wasn't, it was a WWE title match, but wasn't on WWE TV. This wasn't an AEW title match, but it was on AEW TV. So I should have been given championship points. And quite frankly, I agree with you now, Jack. It's fucking liberties. They make the rules up as they go along here. It's, it's, it's always easy to me and you, isn't it? It's always me and you. There's something... The, the world always turns against us with the podcasting world anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. What have we done wrong? The, the people need to get a dossier to put together of the rule-breaking <laughs> and bullying and intimidating that's been going on inside Suplex Retweet so we can get the corrupt Neil... Do- I mean, Stephen Wilson removed <laughs> from power and make all the previous tainted titles null and void you know, those tainted titles by David Campbell and David Hockney and Stephen Wilson himself, you know, will null and void them, you know what I mean? I just, uh, all I'm saying is the powers that be, 200 page statement incoming. Exactly. We will not be bullied into submission. <laughs> but back to. We digress. Uh, we digress, yes. Back to the actual wrestling. Uh, so the long and the short of that there, people, was I didn't get points for Kenny Omega and he didn't get points for Shayna Baszler in his draft. And you know what? With everything that's going on in the world at the minute, I think you can safely agree that this is the most important thing going on in the world at the minute. Hashtag justice for the Raw Report. <laughs> justice for the Raw Report, I like it. Um, so we talked about how I want MVP to be Bobby Lashley's manager. MVP last week uh, hyped up uh, Brendan Vick and Shane Thorne. He's now managing them. He's guiding them. He wasn't at ringside with them, which I thought was a wee bit weird. 
But um, they've taken on Ricochet and Cedric Alexander a few times. They've came up short. Now with the guidance of MVP, uh, Brendan Vick and Shane Thorne have their first official win as a team on Monday Night Raw. Um, and post-match, you know, uh, sorry, post-show on WWE.com and on YouTube, MVP cut a promo once again with Vick and Thorne saying, we demand respect, we are coming for respect. I, I love that MVP is now a manager and I love that we have other teams in the Raw division now because we certainly needed them when WWE had that massive clear out. Yeah, definitely. It was something even just a couple of weeks ago when they were on. We just kind of we just kind of threw it to the side. It was like, oh, just a couple of folk from NXT just kind of helping to fill the gap that they're stuck in right now. And then they've actually made them into a kind of a credible force, so to speak, and gave them kind of relevancy through MVP, which is like was going to benefit them to no end, like throughout the full of this, the raw tenure. Yeah. Um... We talked about how Ricochet and Cedric might be getting built up for the, the tag team titles. Um, now it just looks like they, they're back to not knowing what to do with them. Um, I still don't think they're gelling as a tag team. I still think Ricochet is far too good a singles competitor. And Cedric Alexander is a great wrestler. I think he's a great you know, cruiserweight USA, uh, USA United States title uh, sort of wrestler but I don't think he's someone that needs to be on TV every week and I don't think Ricochet should be getting dragged down by Cedric Alexander I know it sounds harsh but it's just that Ricochet is that good No I can understand why you'd be why, why you'd be saying that because it's a tag team that no one asked for but here they are and it gives them both something to do but Ricochet just deserves to be better than to listen to like debuting folk on a brand you, you know what kind of gets me about it though is the fact that um, th- there's been no explanation why they're together there's been no WWE.com exclusives there's been no videos on YouTube there's been no promos there's not even been like Twitter videos or twi- uh, tweets about it it's just been a case of hey we team together now we're faces so we like each other it, it's the most, it, like they have less of a story being put together than Vic and Thorne who were just two NXT guys that were thrown together like at least they have a manager now you know what I mean they now have yeah. more storyline development in the past week than Ricochet and Cedric have had in the past six nah, it'll, be, it'll, just, it'll be interesting to see what happens after after money in the bank like as we were saying, it's like Ricochet and Cedric seems to be the ones that are like kind of destined to be on this path for <coughs> tag team title picture scene thing. But now I can't see past Thorn and Vink because MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about the tag team titles, it was announced last week that the Street Profits would take on um, the Viking Raiders for the Raw tag team titles. We then I watched the clip on YouTube. Obviously, I didn't see that it wasn't for the titles. So I was watching the clip in work and Viking Raiders pick up the win against the Street Profits. But then it's like, oh, it's a non-title match, by the way. I was like, well, well what was the point in that? Like, like 
I hate when they do that. They build a title match up and then it turns out, oh, by the way, it's not a title match. I think the point was to maybe drive home the fact how good the Viking Raiders are. And then I think either at Money in the Bank or a few weeks down the line, they're going to have the actual tag title match, which I'm hoping the Street Profits win, selfishly just for my draft team. But yeah, it was a weird one. We just we thought we were going to get a tag title match and we ended up with just a non-title five-minute squash match. I'm telling you, if they, if they eventually lose the title to the Viking Raiders, they're just going to be back to their backstage skits. Because like, there's literally there's no other direction for them to go in. You, know, you can't think of anything else. Yeah, and that that's a weird thing at the minute because um, obviously the lockdown and there's not too much emphasis on lower card storylines because there, there doesn't need to be. Um there's not really a place for, you know, Street Profits or a secondary tag team as we've seen with Ricochet and Alexander. Um, so I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they don't lose because I, I don't think the Viking Raiders need it. I'd, I'd very much like if, you know, AOP came back and just attacked them and then we got an AOP Viking Raiders feud, a proper feud, you know, just a pure, a blood feud that two of them knocking lumps at each other. Uh, for the non-title and you can maybe have Vic and Thorne or Ricochet and Cedric go after the titles but yeah I agree if Street Profits lose the titles I don't think it'll be long before we see them just going back to the whole host a Monday Night Raw gimmick I just I really I just don't get it that there's more there's more build and interest in this Ricochet and Alexander pitch that there isn't even really much built to and it's more relevant than the actual title scene now it baffles me Um, so from one set of titles that haven't been built pretty well to the WWE title Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre it's this Sunday Money in the Bank I think we all know Drew's going to retain but the storyline build up here has been great you know, you've talked before how this incarnation of Seth Rollins is the best he's ever been. And his promo with Charlie Caruso at the start of the show where he he talks about how this isn't about the WWE title, this isn't about me crushing Drew's dreams. This is about him not being ready to carry the company, almost as if He's, he's still being the martyr character, Seth Rollins. He's still being, you know, the he's still the messiah. And he he says, you know, you need to deal with the hatred. You need to deal with with the boos and the jeers. And he, he goes into all that, almost touching on the fact that the crowd sort of turned on him over the past year, you know, through his maybe behaviour on Twitter and through the Fiend feud uh, and I, I just thought it was a really good promo I'm sort of you know this, this is what three night shifts in a road and no sleep does to your brain I'm just sort of rambling here but um, <laughs> it is a really good promo and I like how they touched on everything that got Seth Rollins to turn heel is why he's doing this it's almost as if he still believes he's the messiah he's doing this to help Drew not to hinder Drew 
Yes, uh, one thing that I've, I've noted before, and it was with Paul Heyman's promos about Drew, he's still, he's still putting Drew over whilst putting himself over at the same time, so he's not like discrediting Drew as a performer, and he's you know, saying like he is, he's a champion, he's a worthy champion, but right now he's not the person to lead Raw into this new age. It has to be me, and I have to be the one to take him out, type thing. So like, it's uh, everyone about Seth Rollins is love right now, and I hate that we've got this new gimmick and he's supposed to be going this break soon, and we don't know how long he's going to be out for, just chilling, doing nothing. But I'm going to miss it because I feel, uh, as you said, this is my favourite version of him, and it's it's going to be gone too soon. Obviously, hopefully, he comes back whenever he does with this gimmick. So I don't, I, I don't ever want another gimmick. A Seth Rollins, I just want this gimmick. Perhaps I don't know when that will be. Someone put up and it said a uh, controversial opinion, and it was a photo of Seth Rollins and the Messiah gimmick, and then like the better than symbol, and then it was Chris Jericho as AEW champion, the Le Champion gimmick, and you know what I I agree because Seth hasn't agree, played yeah. this for Seth hasn't you know played this for smarky indiness or for a bit of indie cred. Seth has played this. I am a heel. I'm going to be completely oblivious to that fact. You know, I mean, he's he's going to keep, you know, he's not going to be deterred by the boos and the jeers, which is, you know, was almost his downfall against the Fiend in storyline the year before. And I, I think he's the best character in wrestling at the minute. And I really am enjoying him. And much like you, I'm gutted he's going away. Um, But we got something we predicted last week, Jack. We got Drew McIntyre versus Buddy Murphy. Uh, Seth Rollins looks on throughout Buddy Murphy gives himself a great showing uh, and then I thought the finish to the match was superb it was Buddy Murphy if you can picture John Cena when he tried to do the people's elbow to the rock at Wrestlemania Buddy Murphy's in the corner and does the Claymore countdown and then runs at Drew and Drew just turns and boots him square in the face Hitting him with the original Claymore. One, two, three. Drew gets the victory. Such a good finish, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Do you imagine if there was a crowd there to pop to that? Ah. <laughs> There's so much good that's came from no crowds, like the the sort of Edge and Randy Orton promos that we got, the, the John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Tense promos, the Firefly Funhouse, the Boneyard. But then there's these things, you know, you're not going to remember them later on, but just in that moment, you think, man, that'd have been cool to have a crowd there. You know what I mean? Aye, especially something like that. That's that's just that's too bad. That's, that's like a main event. That's like a pay per view, like main event kind of moment. That that's something you could just suck around. You could just see that replay for days, or just watch it, and it'd be like. I want you to see like a dirty top ten Drew McIntyre's like most devastating claymores. That'd that'd be up there. I love mm. it. <laughs> um, Post match, uh, Seth tries to attack Drew. Drew gets the upper hand. He goes for the claymore, and Seth Rollins gets away. Um, I'm very much looking forward to this. I think. I think this will maybe be the semi main event before like, the Money in the Bank shenanigans. But I'm. This is a match I'm most looking forward to this uh, this Sunday at Money in the Bank. I think, you know, 
Drew had the good, he had the great build against Lesnar, he had the sort of one-off against Big Show, but you know, every champion I think needs that good feud and that big first win, and this feud has been great, it's not been so often when a, a superstar wins at WrestleMania, their next feud is face versus face, you know what I mean? Like for a while, AJ Styles sort of caught in that role, it was, you know, AJ and Seth, and it was AJ and Roman, you know what I mean? Uh, but here we've got a good old-fashioned heel versus face, proper build-up, two guys and their best characters at this minute, and I just can't wait for it. See, when you compare it to SmackDown as well, like, obviously it's going to be Braun versus Bray for the Universal title. On paper, you'd think that that'd be the kind of better feud because of the history between that, between them two, yet that's been absolute dog shit compared to these two. And I, it's, that's just credit to them of playing the story out so well. See, you're talking about dog, dog shit. Um, dog food, dog collars, dog-related puns and promos. Baron Corbin and Roman was enough to turn me off Smackdown. I honestly, <laughs> I have not watched Smackdown since the new year, I don't think. Like, there's been nothing on it that's like, oh God, I need to watch that, you know what I mean? Like, even even see Super Showdown, which was main evented by two Smackdown matches, I, I got a text from my missus saying we had a Groupon voucher that was about to expire and I just got up, got ready and went. You know what I mean? We just, we went for drinks <laughs> and it was just, I'm not sitting through a SmackDown Women's title match and Goldberg versus The Fiend. Like, they, they go tell, like, Fiend John Cena clips on YouTube were the only thing I watched in the build to WrestleMania. I say, I've seen something. I know. I think Raw, you know, people always talk about NXT, you know, the, you know, the indie, indie style promotion that's run by Triple H, who everyone loves now even though they all hated them in the early 2000s. And I think this is one of those things where Raw doesn't get enough credit because when it's bad, people are so quick to go, Raw is pish, Raw was rubbish, Raw was pants. Whereas at the minute, I think Raw has been consistently good since WrestleMania, to be honest with you. And I think the WrestleMania feuds from Raw knocked it out of the park. So... I'm just, I'm just a, bit, a wee bit of appreciation for Raw, you know. I mean, I know I, I need to do the Raw report, and I sound like a cheerleader here, but you know, I think Raw's been good, and it just it doesn't get the the credit it deserves. I mean, especially especially what we had to go through up until WrestleMania when the shows are absolutely crap. Yeah, and we're actually getting like a decent product. Yeah, and there you go. People were so quick to to talk about canceling WrestleMania and you know, we shouldn't be doing these shows and Raw's crap at the minute. And yet since since post mania, the shows have been great. Uh, I completely agree. Um so this was a very promo heavy Raw as we mentioned at the start of the show. And um, the Gauntlet match took up a big bit of the time, but the return of AJ and the continuation of the Bobby Lashley storyline I think made it worth the while. Enjoyed Charlotte versus uh, Liv enjoyed Seth Rollins promo as usual, usual enjoyed Buddy versus Drew I'm going to give this Raw a 6.5 uh, we're going to give it a 7 you going to give it a 7 uh, I gave last week like a 6 and it was a bit boring even though this is like a bit more promo driven 
I enjoyed this show more than last week, so I'll give it a seven, I think. I it was one of those ones, this was promo driven, but it had a clear direction and we know Money in the Bank's this Sunday. So I think it like it was a sort of yeah, we'll accept that. Aye. So that is going to do it for us here on the Raw Report. All that remains to say is thank you very much, Jack, for joining me as usual. Aye, thanks, Ross. Thank you. Not worry. Um, remember at Suplex Retweet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Head to iTunes, Anchor, Spotify for Easleep Suplex Retweet, our main channel, and Suplex Retweet Extra. And of course, if you can't remember any of that, suplexretweet.com. That's where you'll find everything you need to find. Enjoy Money in the Bank, folks. We'll see you next week for the Raw Report and a Raw side review of Money in the Bank because I'm not talking about Braun and Bray. Cheer to buy. <laughs>